Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Wednesday to you and you and you. This color is so weird today. I don't know what's going on, but whatever. Uh, hey, better days. Hey, Crystal. Hey, girl. Hey. So all things David and Annie, Lauren and Lexi here on the Melanated Way. We are talking episode seven. And can I just say the lost boy for David and Annie? That's where we're going to start. Um, what in the true crime what in the true crime is going on right now? Let me tell you a little something. I watch all the true crime and this little 14-year-old boy is showing all the signs. That being said, support the show. Bottom of the screen shows you where you can support the show. Super chat, super stickers are available, everyone. So let's just dive right in. So we last left off and Auntie Loma's is like, David has a bad ghost around him, and that's why the kids can't come to America, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so they go see this Mordu, and the Mordu is calling the spirits to her, right? So she's going to call on all the gods and goddesses to be present so that they can find out what the hell's going on, right? So... um. 
she calls the spirits to her body and then you're able to ask her any of the questions that you have to ask her. And David and Annie are trying to have safe passage to America. And so they need to know what's blocking them. So she's sitting there and she's like doing her thing and she's doing her prayer. And then all of a sudden she's asking for some tea. And you guys, I died of laughter because her husband says quickly, quickly, quickly. I'm like, well, what are you there for? Like, I don't know what the whole, I don't know what the whole shebang is and the ceremony is like or, or whatever. But if you know the spirits want <clears throat> to have like some tea, why wouldn't you just get up and get the tea? And Annie wasn't sure what he want, what the spirits wanted either. So she's looking around like, what, what's happening? She's all confused. She gets up, she jumps around. She's like, Oh, I have to move my ass. Uh, for something. And so the first thing she gets is some water and the spirits were like, I don't want any of this nonsense. Get me a juice box. <laughs> David's like, how long has this spirit been dehydrated? <laughs> so the Mordu is drinking the juice box and she's drinking it like she's, she's, really thirsty you guys she's like gulp 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 and then she lets out this burp and then she makes this sound i was like oh whoa she must you better get her another juice box oh my god i died <laughs> then she explains that her eyes need to be closed <clears throat> when the spirit is there. And so Annie goes ahead and asks the question. She's like, you know, I want to take my cousin and my brother uh, Jordan to America, but they already failed their first interview. And the Mordu puts her hand up all dramatic. And it's like, stop. Something is blocking their way. And Annie's like, who? Like, who is it? And the Mordu's like, it's the girl. And Annie's shot. Annie's like, so it's not David that has a bad spirit? And the Mordu's like, it has nothing to do with him. Absolutely nothing to do with David. David's shocked that it's not him because, you know, Auntie Lam was tearing him a new one left, right, and center. And in her eyes, David can never do any good. Um, so he's excited to tell Auntie Lam that it has nothing to do with him. He doesn't have a bad spirit. And she was wrong. Um, the Mordu also goes on to say that David has a heart of gold and he's actually, even though he's a foreigner born in a foreign country, he's a Naga descendant and, and he's looking at him. David's like, what's happening? He's related to the king of the Nagas. So he has very strong powers. Um, and so David's previous life was from Asia and he is from the king of this region. So he, in essence, guys, David is Thai royalty. David, you guys, so funny. Uh, so funny. He's like, I was skeptical at first, but now I believe it 100%. <laughs> yeah, you believe it. <laughs> hey, C. Cruz, yeah, you believe it. Look at Annie's face. Annie's like, this is ridiculous. And David's like, I am Thai royalty. I knew it. I knew it. I knew I belonged in Thailand. 
So <laughs> we find out more from the Mordu that the spirit has been following your siblings, she says, uh, since they were born. And I was like, okay, but Amber's her cousin. So does that change the dynamics of what, what spirit is what? Because only Jordan the badass is her her sibling and then amber is her cousin so i was a little confused by that i was like does that change anything but regardless the spirit still cares for for them and doesn't want them to go and the spirit is really just trying to protect amber specifically because she's never traveled she's never left the country before and so um that's why there's that blockage that's why they failed that first visa interview so Annie is asking the spirits to open the path for the visa interview so that, and then the Mordu cuts her off. Cause you know what? That's going to cost $9.99. $9.99 worth of dried flowers. <laughs> Annie's like, where, where do I find these dry flowers? And the Mordu gets super irritated. And she says, I mean, money. $9.99. So basically, the Mordu needs a thousand bot for and uh, for Amber and Jordan. And David's like, so the spirit wants a dowry for nine ninety nine bot, which is roughly thirty dollars American dollars. Um, he's like, what what is the spirit gonna do with money in the spirit world? I was like, how quickly you become skeptical, skeptical, David. At first, you're this Naga descendant related to a king. And now you're like, oh, because I got to go out of pocket now. What? What's happening? Anyways, Annie pays the thousand bot. The Mordu says that she'll she'll pray for them and help them from there. Um, but to pass the interview, the kids have to basically come to the temple and see the spirit. And the whole family has to come, bless the day, um, <clears throat> give like offerings. So food and drink and money, the whole family has to come and kind of give their offerings. So that the spirit's like, yeah, it's okay. You guys can have safe passage and, and go to America. Um, so they're driving back and David is so excited that he has Thai ancestry in his spirit world. Um, and so he's excited to tell, you know, Auntie Lom. And Annie just laughs. He's like, honestly, David, honestly, you're born in New Jersey. New Jersey. Um, so I don't know. What did you guys think? Do you believe in this whole David is a descendant of Thai royalty, all that stuff? Let me know in the live chat. Let me know if you're watching the replay what you think. Um, because you know, the Mordu said that he did have a very um, special heart and he was just very, a person of gold, right? A heart of gold. So uh, I'm curious, cause he does come across like that. He comes across as a really nice guy, right guys? So I'm curious what you guys think as well. Anyway, so David's excited about his tie ancestry and they go to tell Loam and the family what the Mordu has said in this um, 
in this ceremony, I guess it's called. I don't know for lack of a better word for when they went to see this little meeting that they had with the Mordu. Um, and as Annie's explaining that it's it's not David, the kids show up. So Amber and Jordan are coming back from their makeover. And I'm going to pop that up on the screen for you. So <clears throat> they have these new looks. Jordan, I think, looks very handsome. You know, he cut the little bowl cut. It's now more like stylish. Amber has more like of a brown tint to her hair rather than black hair. And I wasn't a super fan of her look. I like the bob. I'm not sure if I like the color on her, but I do like Jordan. So I'm curious what you guys think. Because Amber's excited. She loves her new color. It feels like she's going to have more confidence. She says it's going to increase her self-worth. Jordan is not comfortable with his new hair. And I felt I felt him because he's 14, right? So he's 14, you know, and he's going through that awkward 14 phase. And I have to tell you, like when I was growing up and they would tell you, like, you know, you're getting these little zits and pimples that it's all your hormones because you're growing and all of that stuff, right? I'm a grown-ass woman and I still get pimples. And I'm like, what? They lied to me when I was growing up. And I think his whole bowl cut was insecurity because you know, he does have some pimples on his face. And now that it's all cut, he's it's like making him a little bit more insecure. So he's not comfortable with his new hair. But he says, I guess I just need to get used to it. Um, but Cindy, Annie's BFF, was like, you know what? I poured my heart and soul into this makeover. And she like flips her hair. They better appreciate it. Better Day says, they look good. I agree the color isn't for her. Yeah, it's, it's too, maybe if it was highlights, I would have I would have enjoyed it more. But, you know, to each their own. So Annie's explained to the family that David uh, isn't the one that has the bad spirit. And Auntie Loam's like, good, good, that's good. And Annie asked, do you believe, do you believe that the, the more said this? the more do said this and all of them were in agreement. Yeah, we agree. We all believe we all think it's, that's true. And so she goes on to say that it's not David's spirit. It's Amber's and Amber's spirit is worried and protective of her. Doesn't want her to go anywhere. And her guardian spirit is just really scared and protective. And so um, all of them have to go to the temple and make offerings and pray so that the spirit will let both her and Jordan go to America. Um, so it's the next day and they're doing the to camera. See, Chris says, I didn't have acne at 14. You can see on my Instagram, but now I have it in my 40s. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are anymore. I think there are no rules because you know what, Sea Crew? Some of these YouTubers I see that are like 18, but they look like they're 40, and then 40 year olds are looking like they're 20. Like I don't, I don't know anyone's age. I don't know how the whole acne versus not acne works anymore. I just go with the flow because it makes no sense anymore. There are no rules to the game. <laughs> so um, to camera, David. It's the next day and David says, you know, we're on our way for the exorcism. And I died of laughter. And he gives him the dirtiest look and scolds him and says, you know, it's not an exorcism. Um, and if you keep saying that, 
the bad ghost is going to come around you. And if they don't come around you, I'm going to kick your ass. She was not impressed. But I mean, it kind of is, right? Because you, you're trying to get rid of this spirit that is preventing you from trying to do something in your life. So like, what what do you call that, Annie? Um, so everyone's at the temple for prayer and office offering, but guess who doesn't show up for a second time? Guess who is the runaway child, Jordan? He's decided that he's going to go with his friends. He wants nothing to do with this as per usual. He's completely acting like the biggest brat ever uh, and ungrateful and selfish and all the things you can think of. Super not impressed by this, Mr. 14-year-old acting up. Um, and Amber says the same thing. This is the second time he's done this. She's super disappointed. She thinks it's selfish. And David and Annie are like, yeah, he's been back to the village in two days and he's already acting out. His behavior in the village is unacceptable. You know, we didn't see any of this in Bangkok and we were there for, you know, a month locked down and he was on his best behavior. He comes back for two days and he's running amok, acting a fool. Um, and Annie's like, yeah, he's acting like an effing brat again and she does not appreciate it. And not only does she not appreciate it, now they can't do the ceremony and, you know, the offerings to the spirit and they have to leave the next day for their interview. So now they have to go and look for Jordan and find him and bring him to the temple. And Annie's pissed. She's like, you know, I'm just going to ask him if he doesn't think I'm good enough to teach him and love on him and give him this opp opportunity, then tell me that and I'll leave him alone. And she also goes on to say, and I'll cut him out of my life. And David's like, okay, I don't think it's that serious yet. I know you're frustrated and and all of that, but let's just find him, right? David's trying to be reasonable. And she's like, well, you know, I just don't know any other 14 year old that has no respect like Jordan, which I absolutely agree. This kid right here, you guys, this kid right here, like I said at the top of the show, he's a true crime episode waiting to happen. So they looked all day, all night, 14, don't forget, he's only 14. They looked all day and all night for this kid, nowhere to be found. Um, and Annie's just so upset. She starts crying. She's like, you know, I gave my life to my baby brother. She did all the things to support him and nourish him and, and, you know, financially take care of him while he was in school there. And so she doesn't feel like he should treat her like that. And she just can't handle it anymore. She starts crying. She's like, I'm tired. I'm tired of all of this. And mentally, I just can't handle it anymore. Amber is shocked because Amber always sees um, Annie as her mentor, you know, kind of big sister and how she's strong and all the things. And I do want to say, you know, always check on your strong family members and friends because they're the ones that, yeah, hold it together. But guess what? When they break down, it's it's so sad. It's so sad because they are really hurt and they're all just trying to be strong for everybody. And that's what Annie is doing in this moment. But She's just tired of the disrespect. Um, and she doesn't want to talk to Jordan anymore because Jordan has been pushing her limits. And David, you could see he starts getting teary-eyed too because he's never seen Annie break down like this. He's like, Jordan has broken her. Um, Geek Girl says, why aren't Annie's parents after Jordan? I feel like they leave it all up to Annie and David. I know they will be the guardian parents, but... 
the bio ones are letting him run the show. Facts. And hey, Stevie. Stevie's like, Annie was just broken. Yeah, it was really sad to see. So <clears throat> Jordan doesn't get back to the morning. The 14-year-old doesn't come home until the morning. Now, let me tell you a little something. There is a, there's no way in my lifetime do I leave my house and it is nightfall and I am not in my house. Someone would get a beat down. Someone would be dead. Someone would be, oh, you don't know where you live? Then you don't live here anymore. I could not believe this little child didn't come home till the morning. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not in this watch. Annie's pissed. She's ready to go back to America. She just thinks he's being a total brat and that's it. David wants to give him another chance um, because he doesn't want to give up on Jordan yet. And Annie's like, I'm over it. I have my own life. I'm only trying to do this to give them the opportunity that I always wanted growing up and for them to have a better life. And if he's going to be unappreciative, disrespectful, selfish, then, you know, this is too much. If he doesn't want this opportunity, then so be it. I'll I'll live my life. I'll live my best life. Um, and she's like, you know, I've been trying so hard and he doesn't give a fuck about me. So David's like, well, let me go try to wake him up. So David goes, tries to wake him up really, you know, kindly. And this little selfish brat ignores David. So Annie's like, okay, I can try. Now, one of the things, because you guys know that I get distracted and, you know, I talked about like, and I'm no dermatologist and I'm not, you know, I guess I'm judging a little bit, but I'm just saying I'm no dermatologist, but I do know this. For the girls, they always say, make sure you wash your face completely and take off all your makeup, right? For guys, guys don't wear makeup usually. And if you do, whatever, but you should also rinse your face before you go to bed. But the thing that I noticed that caught my attention, and I'm wondering if any of you guys that caught your attention, is that he's sleeping in his bed and his pillowcase, you guys, the pillowcase was like black, even though it was like a white pillowcase. Like that pillowcase had not seen any type of washing for a very long time. And again, I'm no dermatologist, but if you're you're putting your like face on that dirty ass pillowcase, that's probably why you're breaking out in pimples. I don't know. I was just like, ooh, that pillowcase, yikes. Yikes. So Annie tries to wake him up all kind. He's ignoring her, ignoring her, ignoring her. And she's like, you know, at least talk to me one last time. Like, explain to me what's going on. I deserve at least that. When I say, you guys, when this kid, little kid jumped up, stood on his bed, started screaming, stop and get out, and when he picked up that machete, first of all, the 14-year-old sleeps with machete. Let me tell you a little something. Oh, no. What you're not about to do, what you're not about to do is come to America with me. What you're not about to do is me be lying in my bed, all sound asleep, happy, thinking everything's all hunky-dory. And meanwhile, you're plotting with my kitchen knives going to stab me while I'm, a, I'm asleep. Why are you sleeping with a machete? And how dare you jump up as if you're threatening your own sister and her husband with a machete in your hand, screaming at them to stop and get out? What? So if they don't get out, you're going to do something with that machete? And then when he ran outside and then stabbed the machete into the ground, I was like, listen, y'all, 
I watch too much true crime. My undergrad degree is in criminology. When I tell you, you got to look at the signs, this kid is acting out more above and beyond. This is more than 14-year-old angst, you guys. More than 14-year-old angst. If he's running away, perhaps don't bring him to America because they're going to be way too much stimulation. He's already like acting off. Let him stay in the village. Go ahead and use that machete and cut down some, some trees. Uh, you know, go to the rice fields, do what you got to do. But what you're not about to do is be even more angsty, stuck in America, thinking that you are a knife expert. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not, nope. Nope. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Oh, no. A machete screaming? Oh, no. Mm -mm. Nope, not, nope, nope. 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 So we'll see what happens next week. But I was like, oh, this episode was Jordan. Jordan. Oh, Jordan. Let me not see you on Discovery Plus in the true crime section. Thank you very much. Exactly. And Geek Girl said, and in a place where he doesn't know the language, nope, because then he'll be more frustrated. And guess what? His, he's not going to be able to articulate, so he's going to get more frustrated. And then again, you're like, I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to have to, because, you know, I've seen those ones where the family, like, they lock up the knives and do the do, all the things, because the kid's acting crazy. No, I'm not living in fear like that. If you want to run him up, you might want to double think taking him to America. Maybe he needs to stay in the village. And maybe this is a sign. Maybe this is a sign from the spirits that, hey, listen, it was Amber that, because maybe it's Amber. Maybe the spirit is protecting Amber because it will be Amber and Jordan in the house. And then Am Jordan is like completely goes buck wild and does something to Amber. And she's all alone in America. Maybe that's, you know, maybe the spirit is saying that. And that's probably why you know, what's the saying where I can't think of what, like what, how it is properly, but like how when someone is good and then someone gets irritated and it's because their goodness irritates their demons, like maybe that's why he didn't show up at the temple. Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, that's what happened on the latest episode of David and Annie. I definitely want to hear more of your thoughts and concerns. If you're watching the replay, definitely let me know in the comments and feel free to chat it up in the live chat. I am taking a peek at what you guys are saying. On to Lauren and Alexi. It's go time. Um, Baby Bolton is ready to come out. So it's happening this day and it's a month before his due date. So everyone is nervous. Lauren is ner nervous. Alexi is nervous. Um, she's blaming herself. Did she do something wrong? Um, you know, did she not do this? Which, you know, it's the hormones and she's a mom. And so she's gonna, she's gonna think that she did something wrong, but she obviously didn't do anything wrong. Uh, so she is scheduled for a C-section and she's freaking out because her C-section is going to be in 30 minutes. So she literally has to be ready. Um, and the doctor talks to both Lauren and Alexi that, 
obviously the baby's going to be a preemie, so she, he's he's going to have to spend some time in the NICU. Um, but because she has a cold from Shy, she's not going to be able to see him until she is not sick because the doctors want to take no chances because he's going to be so little. So Dr. Santos comes into the room and tells her that she's tested positive for synctial respiratory viral. And he's hoping that Alex doesn't have it and Alex is negative so that when the baby comes out that he can visit with the baby. But RSV, which is what it's short for, um, is deadly for babies. And now that they're having a preemie, even more so. So she's going to not, she's going to have the baby and then she's not going to be able to see the baby, which, you know, is traumatic for her. That's her baby. Of course, she wants to hold her baby right away. She wants to be there for her baby, but, you know, they have to protect the baby first and make sure that nothing interferes with his development and growth. So while she's, you know, getting ready for a C-section. Alex is also getting ready um, and putting on scrubs and, and the hairnet and making sure his hands are sanitized, all the things. And I just felt so sad. And I wonder if you guys felt so sad in the moment for her too, because, you know, she's having her contraction. She's clearly emotional. She's got a lot going on, but then her insecurities pop up and She's complimenting Alex saying, you know, you would make a hot doctor, you would make a hot surgeon, um, but then I'd lose you, she'd say, because someone with bigger boobs and a better body would come and you would leave me. I was like, oh, that is so sad. Like, that's, to me, it was sad that she was thinking like that while she's having this man's baby. Of course, he's not going to think like, like, he loves you and he's, this is a very special moment for him. And you're about to have a second child. Like, I just was like, that's really sad that her mind went there. And I feel like it's, I don't know. I think it's something that some women have to think about sometimes or think about a lot or I don't know, but that insecurity just doesn't seem like it should be a fair, a fair thing. And it's just sad to me. I was like, this should be just a very special moment for you. And it's already scary and it's already traumatic. And now you're thinking how some woman could steal your man because they have bigger boobs and a better body. Listen, there are a ton of people that have bigger boobs and a better body, but maybe they don't have a great, maybe they're nasty people. You know, you're obviously a great mom and you take care of not only your, your sons, but your husband. So, you know, that's why you have a husband. I don't know. It's sad. Um, Vanessa said, my daughter had RSV at three weeks and had to be hospitalized. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Geek Girl says, I really felt so sad for them and she was trying to keep it all together. Um, <clears throat> better days for, for real, for real. Christina says, it's hard to see your body change after you have children and this world can be cruel, tough to be a woman. Yeah, but here's the thing, the beauty of bringing life into the world and all of those things, I just feel like it should be so much more. And, I, and that's why even on all my social medias, I really do try to encourage women to be more kind to each other because I got to tell you, women are vicious. They're the meanest bullying trolls on social media. Like when I 
when I look at some of the comments, the, the and it's always women. It is weird to me. I'm like, why are you like if I don't like somebody, which is super rare, but it happens, I don't take an extra effort to go on their page and say mean things to them. If I don't like something, I just keep it pushing. And I, it's amazing to me how many people stop their day to write nasty things about other women. It's incredible to me. It's really incredible. Incredible. Anyhow. Um, <clears throat> so Lauren's nervous. She's emotional. She's hormonal. All the things. So Alex is just trying to be there for her and calm her down. Uh, because, you know, it's go time and she is having the C-section. I wish midwife Crystal was in the chat because she can explain it a little bit better than me. Um, but she's, you know, awake and then they're doing the C-section and that's all I got for you. August 16th, baby Bolton came at 9.08 p.m. He was five pounds, seven ounces and 19 inches long. They heard the cry. They felt a sense of relief, but then... The baby was whisked away right away. And after he made that initial cry, they couldn't, um, he couldn't breathe on his own. So they had to do a whole suction thing. No one could hold him, not even Alex. And they whisked him to the NICU. And of course, they're all stressed. Everyone's stressed out. Alex was trying to like get in there, see what was happening. But the doctor's like, sit down, daddy, sit down. Like, we got to work. We got to do this. So you can imagine mommy and daddy both just had a baby and they both can't even see him. Like they saw him held up for two seconds and then he's gone. They don't get to hold him, nothing, all of that stuff. So it was really quite, it was sad. It was a happy, joyous moment, but it was also sad because they don't know what's going on, right? It can be scary. They don't know. <clears throat> uh, talking about mean things. Geek Girl says, yes, so catty. I teach at an elementary school and I see it starting then. Yeah, I just... I feel like we should just be kinder, you guys. You would think that we've been through this global pandemic and that was hard. And a lot of people spend the time alone or or, or with people that didn't want to spend, whatever the case may be. Let's be kinder to each other. This world is already hard enough as it is. Wild to me. So baby Bowton's here. Um, they bring Lauren back to her room. She's nauseous and she's in pain. She's like, what just happened? She doesn't know. It's all kind of like a blur to her. The producers ask, you know, do you have a name picked out? And they do, but they're not going to share it because usually they wait eight days for the brisk. Um, and they just want to make sure that he's, he's safe. He's good. All the things before they share the name, which I totally am for. I'm totally for like old school. Like Africans, we don't we don't do all that. Like we we wait, we name the baby, the baby, you know, gets baptized, that whole thing first before you're sharing and doing all the things and bring the baby out so all the other people can do all the you know what I mean? Like I'm about that life. I think that, you know, follow what's good for you and your baby and, and have them protected because there's there's enough nonsense out there. Um, the next day, the doctor comes to see Lauren, and we find out that after two, three hours on his own, baby Bowton needed to be incubated uh, because um, he was having some respiratory distress. And in addition to that, they had to put some medication into like the tubes that will help him start to breathe on his own. So 
that was scary as well, right? Because, you know, you you don't know what's happening and you don't want your baby to be in any type of distress. So what makes it even more hard is that she's not allowed to leave the room because of her positive RSV. And so her and Alex are stuck in this room together. Luckily, Alex tested negative the next morning. So she he went, he got to go see baby Botan and he just said it was heartbreaking. And they showed the baby all the tubes, um, you know, hooked up in the incubator for lack of a better word. Um, but he was positive. He's like, you know what? This is hard to see and it's heartbreaking, but he's going to be okay. Uh, he just needs some more time. And I agree. He just needs some more time. Hey, dopey dopey. He just needed some more time to cook. You know, he just needs a little bit more rest and he's going to be good to go. But Alex did send Lauren the picture because she couldn't see the baby herself and it broke her and she just broke down. It was sad. And she, you know, she's the mom. She just wants to make sure that the baby's okay. She just had a baby. She didn't get to see the baby. So it feels to her like she didn't have a baby, all the things, and she's worried. So I can only imagine that it was a very stressful time for them. Um, and even see us seeing it real time through social media. I know that both Lauren and Alex took a break from social media to focus on their family um, because it was really traumatic for both of them. Um, they do a little like flash to Marlene and Brian, Lauren's parents, and you know, they're consumed too, and they're worried and all of that stuff. Um, and they talk about how waiting is not their strong point. Now, you guys, I don't know. There's something about Lauren's mom that I just I can't put my finger on. And I, you know, you shouldn't I I should just stop. You should never talk about someone else's mom. But I, I will say this. When Lauren says she can only spend three hours with her mom, I'm starting to understand why. That being said, um, it's three days after the birth. Uh, her RSV test is negative. So that's good news. Because guess what? She gets to finally see her baby after three days. And so she is still sore and in pain from getting a C-section. So she walks slowly over uh, to see baby Bowden. And it was just a beautiful moment, you guys. She wasn't sure. She's like, Do, can I touch him? Like, what? Like, what's the thing? And she sees that his eyes are covered. There's tubes and pipes everywhere. But she just puts her little hand in. And I know that that baby knew that that was his mom. You know what I mean? Like, that bond. I, you just, I just know that the baby's like, oh, my mommy's here. And she's, hold, like, touching me and, and all that stuff. And I just think that that was beautiful, like rubbing his leg, assuring him that he's going to be okay, all the things. I thought that was a beautiful moment for her. And nurses do not get enough credit. Love on your no nurses. Love on those frontline workers. Just love on them because they do the most and uh, they are essential to all of our well-beings. And the nurses, you know, try to assure them saying, hey, you know, just think of it as a babysitter giving your baby the very best care that he needs in this moment. And I was like, that is so lovely. Do you know what I mean? Shout out to the nurses out there. All the nurses out there. We appreciate you. Four days after uh, Lauren's released from the hospital, she can't obviously stay in the hospital uh, for the length of time that baby Bowton is going to be in the hospital. And so she is released, but she's like drugged up. Alex feels like she's acting crazy because, you know, she's still in pain and she's on drugs, but they're on their way home. 
and they're just going to hang tight and wait for baby Bowton to feel ready and be ready to come home. And in the meantime, baby Shy is still at Lauren's parents' house and they're going to just take this quiet time to rest, which I think it takes a village. So I'm, I'm happy that they have that opportunity to rest. And the thing is, though, they're both tired. They're both stressed out. They both are scared, all the things. And you can see this episode showed me how when you have all that stress, that's how you start nitpicking at your partner. And that's where how you start fighting about stuff that you shouldn't really be fighting about. So they get to the house. Alex just wants to go up to the apartment, relax, get some rest, all of that. He's stressed out too. But Lauren says there's a bunch of packages waiting at the house and she really wants the packages. And so she starts like snipping at him, like, just do this one thing. I only ask you one thing. And he's like, don't tell me you're asking one thing. Don't ever say that again. And they start snipping at each other. And he like just walks out, doesn't slam the door, but it was kind of like he was slamming the door to go get these packages that she's insisting on having, which I was like, like, what do you, what's in the packages? You've been gone for four days. Could it wait another day? Oh, hey, Fergie, you're new. Thank you so much. Need to leave, but thanks so much. I really enjoyed watching you. Come back again, Fergie. Like and subscribe, Fergie. Um, so as he leaves out the door, she is trying to organize. She's like, yeah, and Alex told me not to organize, not to worry about it. And now look at this. Nothing is organized. And I shouldn't listen to him because I know what's best and he doesn't. And I was like, oh, Y'all need to, all of you, both of you need to take a nap. You need to both just go in your little corners, have some Zen time, some rest and recuperation time, some meditation, whatever it is, because you can see like, this is how fights start and like little things become big things because y'all are fighting about something that you're not really fighting about. You're fighting about being stressed out and worrying about your newborn baby. Not the fact that you didn't organize the bottles, not the fact that he didn't go pick up the packages immediately since you said you needed it right now. And so at the end of the day, you know, they're both just really stressed because they don't know what's gonna happen next and how long baby Bolton's gonna be in the NICU. And that's what really, it's the fear part and the unknown part that was worrisome. So. You know, relationships are hard, you guys. There she is. Poor things, projecting their anxiety about the baby on each other. Yes, it is no bueno. And it's hard because, you know, you're in the moment. Think about any time that you fought with a partner or even fought with a friend. It's like you're not really fighting about the thing that you're fighting about. You're, you're fighting about the thing that you're stressed and anxious over or all of that. So, you know, I always say, take a minute, take a step, take a breath. And if you're still mad about it in five or 10 minutes, then have the discussion. But when you're in the moment, it can go from zero to 100 easily. And you find out that you're really not fighting about what you think you're fighting about. Anyways, that was the two episodes. They were both really good. I'm very much enjoying Um these new shows and I want more of the older couples. I'm going to see more of the after the 90 days. Um, 
tomorrow. I'm catching up still. So we're, I'm catching up on all things 90 days. So I will be back here tomorrow at 8 p.m. as well. And Friday, of course, we have our news and gossip. And uh, listen, you guys, this season, the spoilers are out there. They're out there. They're out there. I mean, the biggest thing right now is if you haven't heard, and I'm sure you have heard because it's all over the internet now, but for before the 90 days, Mike and Jimena have broken up. They are no longer together. And boy, when I tell you on Friday that I'm going to tell you some stuff, Crystal and Geek Girl and Vanessa and Better Days, all y'all Patreon family, we're going to get into some things because it's a pretty big deal that a season is still airing and this has leaked out. You know, TLC and Discovery Plus are not impressed. They are not impressed whatsoever. And so let's talk about it on Friday. Krista says, dang, can't wait. Yes, yes, I can't wait either. I'm bubbling over with some other news, you guys, too. Bubbling over. I'm bubbling over. But I can keep a secret. Friday, Friday, Friday. I'll see you guys on tomorrow, and I'll see some of you guys on Friday. Bye for now.